Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And good morning, dear ones. Rev Briz with you here. Rev Zio Nissen. And we're a couple of ministers talking shit. Welcome to episode number 17, our weekly look at what's going on in the world. And today we want to talk about re-educating school leaders. Re-educating school leaders. Now, uh, I'm not sure about where you are in the world or in America. However, here in Colorado, we're still deep in the debate of what it looks like, what it's going to happen to bring kids back into schools or not based on living in uh, the midst of a pandemic. Because let's be real, folks, no matter what anybody else out there wants to argue, we are still living in the very midst of the largest global pandemic that we are aware of, that we know of in our history. None of us have seen this before. And we think it's a pretty important topic to consider. Some schools are, are going back already. Z's gonna talk, uh, introduce us to some facts we know about what's going on already. Uh, and then we're gonna look at, hey, what's it, what's it really look like? And what might, where might, where might we go? with all of this that's kind of the toughest question so uh z we've been chatting about some statistics and stuff today you were sharing a couple of things that seemed a little scary to me uh let's share those with the audience sure well uh first and foremost good morning everyone glad to be here with you and you know schools across the country have opened up and and already we have three states that have popped up with cases in the first three to five days of school. You have in Tennessee, you had 14 cases on like the first on the second day or so. In Tennessee, you had uh, 116 kids had to be quarantined um, because of the virus. Then you had the whole situation in Georgia where they had pictures of the students in the hallway with no masks and the school said we recommend them but we don't make them mandatory now when you think about that that's i mean school's just getting started and if we take statistics looking at last year's numbers from the uh, national center for educational statistics they said last year in the fall of 2019 we had 56.8 million kids in k through 12. wow even if we take a half a percent of that and say a half a percent of kids wind up contracting this and unfortunately may pass away, you're talking a couple hundred thousand kids. Wow. Yeah. And I looked at some numbers, uh, rough estimate. We've got about 13,500 so odd, some odd schools in America right now. The, the rough math, and, and LZ and I are trying to be very conservative here, right? We're trying very hard not to overinflate these numbers because we want to take a look at, at the best case scenario. The best case scenario is we find a vaccine, 
this thing finds a way to die out something yeah. the miracle happens and we don't lose 2200,000 kids this year to this thing um but that's roughly like two kids a school yeah now my son's high school's got 2000 kids in it two kids in the school that doesn't seem like an awful lot but what if that were your kid and not only that but that's just the mortality we know that the infection rate is higher and we know that that in, this infection spreads very rapidly very insidiously right those 14 kids in uh, tennessee they had this thing right they had this thing before they came to school the fact that they tested positive on the second day does not mean they necessarily caught it in school that day they could have had that for up to two weeks and brought it into the schools and how many kids got infected how many teachers how many staff members uh, because this goes just beyond our kids this does impact every segment of our population so many kids are living in multi-generational homes right now a kid can pick this thing up bring it home and grandma and grandpa are going to be sick yep and and you know the interesting piece uh, 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 i mean there are many interesting pieces on this whole thing but but as a formal college professor uh three kids that are now grown two grandkids down in florida that are going to i think sixth and seventh grade sixth and second grade um the the impact of this thing affects everyone at all generations like you were just saying and at what cost i mean we've had let let's give a a a generous number we knew in march all right given where it was looking at the end of march that we might have to go back to a hybrid model or a continue a stay-at-home model now we've had four to five months depending on when you start planning to come up with plans other than let's just go back a hundred percent uh and put everybody at risk because we know that kids are resilient and we know that their immune systems may be more robust than than uh than most but it also now shifts by doing that it shifts the whole model from the hospitals or at least adds it to the hospital where the nurses and doctors were frontline now school teachers and administrators will be on the front line if they're going 100 percent because they're going to be in contact every day now they're going to have to go through the whole routines of stopping in the garage taking off the clothes putting them in the wash, jumping in the shower uh even with all the all i mean if you consider the mitigation steps taken at a hospital which are already at a higher standard you go to a school now you got a bigger problem yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, as you say that, it, it it brought to me this image that, and hospitals have protective gear. Yes. Hospitals, doctors, nurses, orderly, everybody working in the healthcare system has a heightened sense of staying clean, staying hygiene, right? Clean height, clean, washing their hands, making sure they're behind masks, all these things. That's religion there. And, uh, and I don't see teenagers I don't see middle schoolers uh, being that uh, that 
protective of themselves. This the picture from Georgia, man. I tell you, that's the one that scared me. Um, the, a picture emerged this week from a school hallway in Georgia. Young woman posted the picture. Now she's been uh, punished for posting that picture. She's been suspended because she shared that picture because Georgia said it didn't cast a good light and it wasn't representative of. Well, yes, it was representative. What more representation do we need than an action? And I don't see how we maintain, again, so hospitals are built around social distancing. They have the room to keep people apart. Schools don't. Yeah. We've overcrowded our schools for decades. We haven't invested in our schools in decades. We, we have to fight, and I know because I've been there campaigning and promoting and, and school district school funding here in Colorado for my kids. We've got to fight tooth and nail to get every dollar we can into the schools. And really, man, this seems to me like just a BS economic play. Well, and, 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 and before we even get on the economic play, right? <laughs> you just, anybody on this cast that is listening, if you have school-age kids or you've had school-age kids or you got school-age grandkids you look at pre-k through fifth grade you're not going to get those kids to keep mask on a hundred percent all day you're not going to get them to always wash their hand you're not going to get them to cough into their hand and and do all dig up their nose and then run and touch their buddy because they think it's funny and and you're not going to get that to happen 100%. Even if you got it to be 75%, that means you still got 25% that are, that are just not going to comply. Not because they may not want to, because that's the nature of a kid. And right. so we are asking uh, people that are, are, are developing, the little people that are developing to kind of adhere to the disciplines and understandings of adults and you will get some that will be able to comply, but I would think vastly not. And so why are we in such a rush to put them back into that situation? I mean, a hybrid model, I'm not saying that's the best model because you're still going to have contact. But if you reduce class sizes, you reduce the number of days or, or you kind of contain the number of kids you're doing in a couple of days, then you could take a break and then you get another couple of kids. I mean, there are definitely other kinds of models than 100% no class reduction for a full week, which is what they're doing here in Jefferson County in Colorado, does not make sense. Right. Yes. It, I agree with you. That's the big thing, right? We're holding our kids accountable to adult standards. And at the same time, we won't even listen. We won't listen to the kids. I, I haven't seen anything where these school districts are actually listening or taking the children's experience into account here so my kids they real quickly we sat down and started having this conversation uh, and while they were both would love to go back to in-person school my eldest is missing their junior year uh, afraid that they're going to lose their singing voice because they won't be able to practice in choir as often afraid that they're not going to be allowed to participate in any way in the play this year in drama club this year because they're not on campus full time because we're going to go online 
And these kids, they don't know it, but we're creating trauma in their lives. They're feeling it, depression, anxiety, all the mental health issues that are uh, uh, showing up in adults. Michelle Obama yesterday said she's been experiencing a low-grade mild depression because of all of this. Yes. So we know the mental health effect is happening in the adult population. I don't know why we seem to think it's not going to affect our kids. Right. And, 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 and you know, and, 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 and that's a great point because the other end of that for students, or especially for the teen students, is we already know in a so-called normal time what kids do when they are depressed. They look for self-medication motives, if you will, or modes of, of self-medication to release that, which creates another kind of a habit. So now we got this on to, to increase that depression and that not, nothing and goes undiagnosed until, you know, we're into some deep water. Yep. And, and so it's now not, how are we going to deal with that? And if it's not self-medication, it's self-harm. Yes. Which is the second, right? High schools are, are just awash with kids harming themselves to the point of suicide. Yeah. And here we go again. And we're going to throw all of these kids into the most volatile Petri dish of mental, emotional, and physical insecurity we possibly... Hey, kids, right? Here it is. Here's the big whammy of the three. You got three big demons staring down your face. Go fight those demons with nothing, with no yeah. protection, with no support. Just let's pretend it's all, it's all, everything's okay. And, and, and here's the other piece. You know, when you, when you look at seniors, now I don't know how many seniors there are across the country in high school. Um, but a lot of them are trying right now and juniors, rising juniors, are looking to prepare their resume, if you will, to audition for colleges, right? So all of the all of the test taking, ACT, SAT, uh, you know, all, uh, if you're a performer, being able to put your portfolio and do your uh, presentations to audition for the performing arts schools and things like that, that stuff is going to be affected big time just to carry it out. And then think about the stress that we have on the kids who can't take the test. Now, we know across the country, they're beginning to de-emphasize in some schools the takings of the SATs and ACTs in terms of a major criteria, but they still want you to take them. They still yeah. want to know what your academic rigor is and what your, what your approach to studying. So now they're like, when are I going to take it? Uh, when will I be able to retake it if I don't do good? Because now they're going to be under stress so I would expect those scores to drop a little bit. Yeah. And so it's going to be, it's going to, and we haven't even talked about sports. <laughs> You're right. We didn't um, bring that up no. <laughs> As if the pressure of being a kid isn't enough. We've added the pressure that as you're being a kid in those years when you're supposed to be making mistakes because you're still underage you get, right in the in those times where it's healthy to be a kid we've put all this extra pressure on top of people to say well yeah but you got to create that resume 
yeah, you got it. You got to be ready. You got to present yourself. You got to do everything you possibly can to present yourself to a school. And for athletes, they we've been taught. Athletes have been taught from the earliest ages that same thing. You got all the pressure in the world on you in your junior and senior year to make a huge impact. Because if you don't get noticed, then you're not going to make it into a college. And if you don't make it into a college, you don't get no, then you're definitely not getting to the pros. Now, personally, I think that's one of the biggest pipe dreams in America is at kids being groomed to be professional athletes. Yeah. Um, but that's another show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but again, how do right? How do how do you keep athletic equ equipment clean enough? How do you keep kids? Uh, I'm thinking of. I went out for a bike ride yesterday and a half an hour I was pouring down sweat. It was just warm enough. How do you keep a group of high schoolers from not bumping into each other when they're out there working out, being sweaty, get getting action? The I think we're at that point, right, where here we are halfway through our episode, we no closer to any kind of solution. I don't know that there is a solution here, folks, right? Uh, but I think we do have to start looking at how to, how is it going to look different? We're, there's a reformation happening from my perspective. Yeah. We are, as a species, as humanity, we are being called to reform numerous systems within our world. Politics, policing criminal we've talked about this on the show before race relations we've talked about and here's another one we have to reimagine how we do education yeah and 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 i'm glad you did the summary if you will of the things that we've talked about on this program because in essence what needs to happen for sure is we need to look at these things systemically they're all connected if we look at education and how it uh, education or the lack thereof and how it affects prison rates if we look at racism and how it affects funding for schools in different zip codes or different areas it leads to unemployment it leads to more incarceration you know so we have these things that are are systemic but when we look at them, we look at them in isolation. We don't look at the at the uh, Passover effect, uh, the blending and, 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 and things that happen. We already know. We've done enough statistics to know that if you're not educated at a certain level, it will increase your tendency to get into the criminal justice system, right? right. We know if you live in certain neighborhoods and you're not funded, it's going to decrease your education ability because the schools are not going to have the right equipment or the right teachers or the right resources, however you define them, to better support that community. And so now we have this big stew of things going on that creates a life, right? But we're trying to yeah. pick and choose what, you know, what we're going to what we're going to support or, or how we're going to fix the problem and you have to look at it systemically if you go in the hospital one last thing and with an illness they don't just look at the illness they take your blood pressure they want to see if your temperature's rising they want to see what your ekg is doing 
and you may just go in for a cold, right? But they right. want to check all these other systems because they all work together. Yeah. And exactly. we got to do the same thing. Yep. You know, you, you, you do remind us there that in many ways, education and the education system has been a tool to oppress people of color and in our in our schools and it, it is education has been used as a tool to forgive the term keep the blacks dumb uneducated unable to vote out of the system marginalized oppressed mm -hmm. and from the systemic view okay there we are defund the schools right we got to refund we really do have to look at how do we reform this right because we know online education can work yes we also know that socialization for kids is in is hugely important to their future identity and we also know that a quality and an equitable education is what's going to take our country forward and 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 quite frankly you know given where we are technologically we have enough technology with inexpensive chromebooks um that there's no reason why every kid in america should not have a minimum level chromebook if they can't afford something else to be able to access the internet to have an online class where a teacher is in a classroom actually doing the work on the board so it's not a, a video some of it may be video but you can have we we've gotten so adept now in these last four or five months with zoom webinars and webcasts and all these different things where you can give a live presentation if you will where people can ask questions and be involved that we can do that for schools yep and we have Jefferson County here in Colorado has a quote charter school uh, and it's the Jeffco online Academy. They've been running hundred percent online education for years, graduating great students. Uh, my middle schooler is attending there this year uh, because we felt that was the best option. Yeah. R structure rigor. My, our, my point there is we have proven this is possible. Yes. We just, people didn't want to adopt any of this because it was so much easier to keep pushing people into. And again, I think part of the systemic racism in America, it's a lot easier to marginalize someone if they don't have access to the tech. And if we keep, and if we don't give them access to broadband, right? Broadband internet. Here's one of my other pet peeves, folks. Broadband internet, in my opinion, is mandatory for all of american citizens we, that should be the biggest we built the internet interstate highway system to keep us ourselves connected we need to build a national broadband network to keep all of our citizens connected so everyone and like you said like you're saying if it's inexpensive for uh chromebooks hey that's what it is but let's get the tech in the hands of the kids and what I'll tell you is, you know, my 15 year old, I used to be the IT guy in the house. I used to be the person that everybody came to when they had a computer problem in the house. Not anymore. My 15 year old took over that job. Mm -hmm. They 
So if we give these kids, yeah. uh, again, we, we don't listen to student leaders. Today's re-educating school leaders, part of that school leadership is student leaders. Yeah. Student leaders know this just ain't safe. Student leaders know if we give them the tech, we give them the opportunity, they're going to create all kinds of stuff. Yep. All kinds of stuff. And, 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 you know, if, if we take this to spiritual principle, there's the spiritual principle of cause and effect, right? Where, where nothing happens in isolation and for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. So if, if, if the only thing we are looking at, and it seems that way, I'm not saying it is, but it seems that way that in a lot of school districts, we are rushing back for economic reasons. And trust me, I get it. Um, then you will begin or the tendency will be to make decisions to err on the side of economics, given where we've been for the last five months and people being laid off and, you know, that is a real, real issue. Uh, but but we also have to balance it with lives because the kids of today are the leaders of the future. And if we don't give them some good examples of how to work through crises and, 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 and how to uh, make decisions that are not going to fit everybody, but they're going to try to keep every everyone in mind as best you can, because, you know, you're never going to get 100 percent, 100 percent of the time. Right? right. So so there will be people that are disappointed. But when that disappointment airs on the side of life then we need to, I think, be very uh, uh, surgical, if you will, about how we make these decisions, the plans we roll out, and roll them out in phases, not 100% right away. Uh, because as we know, fall is one month away. I'm looking out my window, and I'm seeing trees that are already turning yellow on the leaves. And when fall comes, we're going to have cold, flu and COVID, the triple C, I mean, CFC coming in. Now the hospitals are going to be flooded because we know kids catch colds like, like the wind blows. Right. And so we're going to overwhelm the hospitals with people who may just have a cold, but they're not going to know if it's a cold or if it's COVID. Right. And they're going to go. Yep. Exactly. So, and so now, and 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 what you know how many kids where the parent goes back to work and the parent says i got to go to work they're going to give the kid a little tylenol maybe maybe not but maybe to bring that fever down so when they go to school and they do the testing if they're testing they won't have a fever because they just took the tylenol but i don't know if that fever was a cold flu or COVID. right so you know, we got kind of things that's going to be popping off yep so folks you know, it may not be a solution. However, my heart of hearts, what I know is now is the time to slow down and listen. We, we really have to slow down and listen to our hearts and listen to our kids and listen to our intuition. And but really, we need it's going to sound crazy, but we need to slow down. And listen to this virus. Yes. Because up till now, all I have heard is people throwing spaghetti on the wall. 
It, we're throwing spaghetti on the wall to see if it works and see if it sticks. And so far, the virus has pretty much rejected everything we've thrown at it. <laughs> and in that regard, that tells me we're not listening. Right. We're not listening to, to that to the bigger picture here. And, and from because, my perspective, no, go ahead, go ahead. Say, if our kids aren't in school for the next four months, and we just made a decision that you know we're going to reopen schools in January. We're going to take the, the next four months to figure out how to do this right. Let kids and teachers fumble through online education if that's what it takes. I know last spring wasn't all that fun around this household because of everybody was trying to learn something new. But the truth is, that's where we're going. That's that's the, what the future holds. That's what the dream has always, in so many ways, has, has shown us is a decentralized education system where people are able to get educated and specialize in what interests them and where they're going in life rather than spending years and years being taught and some, having stuff thrown down their throat that they're not interested in uh more importantly this is a a, a health crisis this is a health concern I think the only way we keep our our the system from crashing, we might we might be too far down the road. There may be no way to reverse the crash that's happening in our school system, in our education system, political system, healthcare system, food delivery system, all of those things. In this one area, though, we got to come up with something new. Well, and 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 and. This follows with the theme that we have for one program or a major point was reawakening. We now have to reevaluate all these systems, <coughs> excuse me, because they're all based on an old industrial model and we're no longer living in an industrial age. We're in an information and a connectivity age and we have to begin to teach and set education and everything with that model in mind. Yes. Exactly. Well, you know, folks, here we are. We've done it again. Uh, if you give a mic, a minister a microphone, we can go on and on and on. Uh, and uh, but we really do want to hear from you. Now, this program happens every week. We record this live on Facebook uh, and then reproduce it for a podcast that, that we release on Fridays as well. Uh, but we would love to hear from you. What do you think? Are, are you an educator? And uh, and are you an educator who has a, perhaps a solution uh, or just needs to share your fears? Are you a, a student who has an idea? Uh, do you have kids in school? Are you a parent? Please let us know, because I think we're going to be revisiting this issue again and again and again over the next couple of months. Uh, Colorado hasn't even started back to school yet. We start back to school in, in a couple of weeks here, the 24th first or the 24th, I think it is of August. Uh, so we don't know what's going to happen yet. Other school districts are starting to see effects almost immediately from going back to school. Be a part of the conversation with us. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you'd like us to cover. There's an email address here, ministertalk at ntmedia.com. Uh, just let us know. Is that it? Uh, actually, that should be ntmedia.org. My apologies there, folks. We're going to fix that banner real quick. Uh, so, and uh, before we go today, we want to do, do, do want to say a big, huge shout out 
to New Thought Media Network and all the people that are making New Thought Media happen. This is the most positive media uh, platform on the planet, and we're here to bring you not only conversations like this, uh, but regular programming that supports and uplifts your day. So, Z, last thoughts before we go today? Well, I think we should definitely, each parent or each parent or grandparent should search their heart and figure out what's best for them. There is definitely no one size fit all in this. Uh, and you have to do what's comfortable for your family and not feel ridiculed because you don't follow the herd with whatever that is. Amen. I think that's all we've got time for, folks. We'll be back again next Friday. Until then, we're a couple of ministers talking shit. You make it a great week. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking We'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings.